Good evening once again. Welcome back to the Something Isn't Right podcast. It is your host, well, one of them, Christian. And you have Diamond here as well. Diamond, go ahead and say hi to everybody back home. Hi, everybody back home. And you know for a fact that they're back home because they haven't opened up any businesses for us yet. We're all stuck here despite the fact that we knew what this was. I think, um, well... In my home home, where my family is, I think they're actually opening everything back up in Texas. Yeah. If only. If only. If Not only. The, woodpecker. the rumor is we're going to be closed until June, which hopefully that's not true. They're trying to shut down EDC for these for these EDM motherfuckers. They moved it. It's in November, I think. <laughs> See? They're trying. They're like, we it's are. It's cold. It gets cold here in November. Yeah, for some reason, um, they they completely shut everything down. Um, I mean, it, yeah, what was the date again that they're trying to say that they're going to come back? Um, well, first it was May 1st, and then it was May 15th, and now I'm hearing June 1st. But I think the way that he's going about it is, like, in phases. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. I think he does his briefing, like, on Tuesdays. That's crazy. But, yeah, they moved a lot of things in November. Even, um, like, in my hometown, they have Fiesta every year, which is just, like, a two-week-long festival with, like, parades and different events. I mean, you've been one time. That's, like, a huge thing for our city. They moved it to November, which, actually, I feel like might work out because, um, from what I remember, when I lived in South Texas, it's not that bad. If anything, it's a little bit cooler, but it's still kind of warm in November. Stupid fucking humid there. Yeah. Oh my God. Shout out to all you Texas cats because you guys can really go through it when it comes down to living in some place that fucking humid. It's dry as shit in Vegas and it's hot as fuck. Don't get me wrong. We're a football's throw away from Death Valley, but ugh, I, I couldn't bearable. do the humidity. Yeah. I used I, to play football with people that were like, oh no, they would wear dead, they would wear fucking long sleeves like when it would be like 110 in Cali. Yeah. Yeah, they do that in Texas too, like people who work construction and stuff like that. But just be regular ass kids. I would. How can you stand that shit? Well, it cools you down. Yeah, I realized that later on. Yeah, that's why people in the Middle East wear those uh, wear the long clothing because it keeps their their skin cool. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so that's where I guess we're at right now. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I think Georgia opened too. My cousin, my little cousin, stationed in Georgia, so. Hopefully they're opening up. I think that they'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. But we'll see how things play out. Um, But yeah. It's just one of them things. We are going into a true crime topic tonight. Yes. Yeah. We uh, first request actually for um, I got from two people for LGBTQ true crime topic. (laughs) And it. Um, so I found somebody who, well, I don't think he so much is interesting, but this story is just fucking nuts. It's riddled with terror. It's really bad. So, um, just warning, it does involve children. I mean, they're teenagers, but still like children. Uh, so trigger warning for that. And there's talk of molestation. So if that is any of your triggers um this is just a warning that this is some of the stuff that comes up in the story yep we're giving you a heads up so 
If that's something that bothers you, this episode would definitely be uh, a little bit harder to listen to. Um, real quick, I always forget, but let me cite my sources. So mainly I use Wikipedia, Murderpedia, CriminalMindsFandom.com, and AllThingsInteresting.com. Um, I watched like two YouTube videos, like the first two that popped up when you would type in his name. So the person that we're talking about is William Bonin, a.k.a. The Freeway Killer. But in some of the articles I read, he's just him, and then the freeway killers are his accomplices, because this dude actually had accomplices in his crimes that he committed. Yeah. So he wasn't single-handed? No, not towards the end. So in the beginning, well, let, we'll go over his like kind of upbringing first, so we can kind of get a, an idea for the recipe that created this monster. Sounds good. So, like most serial killers, William had a hard early life. He was born in Connecticut on January 8th, 1947. He's a Capricorn, like me. 1947? 1947. He was a middle child out of three boys. Um, he was raised... That sucks. The middle children always get the least attention. That's true. Except or, in my family, because the middle child's the only boy. Yeah. So I think he... He lucked out. Yeah. I well, think, good for you, Darian. <laughs> um, he was raised by his grandfather, who was also a convicted child molester. Yeah. Because... Old habits die hard. Right. So he's stuck with this man because his father is an alcoholic with a gambling problem, and his mother is also an alcoholic, so alcoholic with a gambling problem he should have lived here his yeah his grandfather had also raped william's mother so he raped Incest. his own daughter yeah that's gross when she was a child so who knows what these boys went through because he never like talked about it too much he wasn't too open about it fair enough um his mother put him him and his brothers into an orphanage in 1953 that sucks. So six years old. Yeah. So he's six and he's I'm good at math sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, later on, William was open about his childhood and the things he experienced, but he refused to discuss many memories in this orphanage. Um, he did talk about how he consented to sexual advances, advances from older males only if his abuser would tie his hands, William's hands, behind his back first. So he liked getting his hands tied? He was literally like eight years old when this was happening. That's weird. So that just already goes to show you how messed up his psyche is yeah, at such very an damaged. early upbringing. So who knows how long he's been getting molested. They they talk about impressionable ages for children in that 5 to 10. I mean, not to mention the first 4 or 5 years, but that 5 to 10 as far as their, uh, their identity as an adult or as a teenager. Well, yeah, from what I understand, I mean, one of my closest friends and my little brother, which I'm really close with, they both have, they both are studying psychology mm -hmm. and just little things that they tell me about, like, this kind of stuff, like, your first few years of life have so much to do with your personality, your confidence, like, so yeah. much. So, if he was being molested so much already by the time he was eight years old yeah this is just the first layer of what makes him who he is yeah this is well you see the development in a lot of these serial killers they they basically have 
the environmental, but they also have the 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 genetic. So they have the factors, but they also possess the gene. It's like that whole uh, Michael Myers thing from the remake, Rob Zombie. He's the perfect storm of well, serial killer. It's true. And you I mean, a lot of those movies are based on, yeah. you know what I mean? Truth. It's like yeah. a grain of truth. But um, it is, it's sad, but it's something that, it's a phenomenon that happens with psychos and families. Like, um even my mom had talked about, like, people in my family um, have been on, like, services or, like, stuff like that. Um, and she didn't want us. She wanted to, like, kind of break that cycle with us. Yeah. Because she, um, when she was younger, she didn't have the best relationship with her father. And, you know, so she tried to improve herself as much as she could. So my mom would read a lot and she would read a lot of psychology books. And, um, she specifically remembers reading something about breaking cycles in families and, um, not to get personal into like my family, but she wanted to break that cycle. She came, became conscious to it where obviously in families like this, they're not going to be conscious because it's so rooted. It's such an evil root that they have in them. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know. It's just crazy how we look into so many of these stories and it's kind of like the Hereditary. same. Yeah. It's like the same storyline with so many of these people. Yeah. They all have ridiculous similarities and that's why those profilers, when they actually interviewed them, they were like, wow. So this is truly what makes you be this way. And it's so like the thing with, with true crime, like it's not that I'm one of these people who's like obsessed with like the murder per se but it's just i can't even fathom hurting something so it's like a curiosity of mine on why these people do it and why they get satisfaction from it and he his story you'll kind of see it kind of reminds me of richard ramirez a little bit yeah um just it sounds familiar just based off what you told me yeah it's just like what not making not not making excuse or any are sympathizing for the person they became but when you think about being that little it's what else do you know you're literally bred into like hate and yeah the same way that like for example children in Nazi Germany are basically taken and 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 they were taken at the age of like 2 or 3 the most impressionable age and just turned basically they tried to set them up for the soldiers of the future Right. It's, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Okay, so later on... Environmental factors. Later on, William was open about his childhood and the things he experienced, but he refused to discuss the memories of the orphanage. I think I just read that right. Yeah. Um, he did talk about how he... Okay, we, we read that. Yeah, he can... But he didn't consent. He's eight years old. How can he consent? He doesn't know what he's doing. That's some twisted fucking logic. Like, yeah, no, it's okay. He's fucking eight years old. He, yeah, he's of making course he's just like just, for these predators. Just please, because he's basically at that, please, can you just get it over with sounding like it's point, like you're going to do it anyways. And right. that's terrible that he's that age. And he's already like basically he, like give like. He's basically defeated by it. Well, he has nobody to run to. Yeah. You think about like when you're little and you're scared of something, you run to your parents because you're scared. Or at least most people have one parent to run to. If you have one shitty parent, you have another one that's there to comfort you. Yeah. Imagine being eight years old and you can't run to and even his grandparents, his grandfather's most likely, most likely molesting him. Yeah. If he molested his own daughter. Yeah. He's okay with it. 
So imagine how what a dark place this kid lives in. Yeah. yeah. Um, he spent a lot of his adolescence in a juvenile detention center for stealing license plates at the age of 10. He was just out there, 10 years old, just stealing people's... I'd be mad as fuck if I saw a 10-year-old stealing a license. That's honestly what I feel would happen here in our neighborhood. That's how that yeah. we'd lose our license. Whatever, continue. During the time he spent there, he was allegedly sexually assaulted by older teenage boys and even his adult counselor. How many times is he assaulted? It's There's so much in this story that I kind of groomed over because it's so horrific it's like i can't even i don't even want to put my place myself in this place of trying to see every adult that is supposed to be helping him is hurting him yeah um and the orphanage that he was at i forgot to explain was actually known for their severe punishments uh, which included partial drownings beatings and enduring various stress positions also known as submission positions. You know what those are? Um, kind of, but I don't want... Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's nothing sexual. I, okay, good. I was m- going to make sure before it's that. Ki- it's, so what they do is... It's they, like standing on your shins yeah, and shit like, like they that. They put you in a certain position where all your weight is on like one or two of your muscles. So yeah. it eventually will give out or it hurts obviously like ridiculously like that's like having some people hold their hands out for like straight yeah exactly like that i forget what movie there's a movie like that where they're like holding is it saw where they're holding a key and whoever drops it first is the one who probably that sounds like a saw that sounds like something from saw they used to do that that's a punishment that's widely they use that in football Really? Yeah. It, well, I mean, I mean kinda. it's one of the things that the this orphanage used to punish kids. It's a tool of submission. That's crazy. So in Get nineteen to listen. In nineteen sixty one his family relocated to California after their home was foreclosed on. During the fucking hippie L S D age in Cali, the sixties. Shortly after residing in the city of Downey. Do you know where that is? Yeah. By LA, I guess. Yeah. Um, his father died from cirrhosis of the liver. He's over here. He's a drinker, so he has a fucked up liver. Yep. <sighs> this is where William started molesting children, including his own little brother. Crazy. So the story we have rape, incest. Jail. And we're not even to <laughs> the worst parts. He was like, you know what? I'm going to turn over a new leaf in California and just picked up and left. Who? Him. He's like, this is a start. Right when he was going to move, he's like, this could be different. I could really fix my life. Somehow I'll get away from all of this. And he just fucking kept it. The conditions that he'd done his whole life. I don't think he thought that. Because he started molesting kids as soon as he moved. That's no, I, I'm I'm just saying I'm going out on a limb. Like, what if he? I, you're obviously you're moving across the fucking country. You're gonna think this can be a new start for me. I don't know if you're that damaged. It could be this is a new start where I can start hurting more people because I'm gonna be in a more populated area. Very true. That's what a predator would. Yeah, it's true. The children he molested were always younger than him. On top of him molesting children, he also committed several acts of robbery, petty theft, and grand theft, all in his teenage years. So he just likes power. 
Basically. And, I mean, you'll see as we go on, all of his victims are younger. All of his victims he can overpower. So, yeah, it's definitely a power thing. What what are those called? Uh, they're they're psychi- or psychi- psychological trait name? I don't I don't know. I don't have a memory. I don't want to speak too much on it because I don't want people to like and actually com- That's not what it is. <laughs> Sorry. I'm only certified internet certified in psychology. It's always that one word that gets actually biology. Genius. I'm just internet certified. Okay. Um right after he graduated high school, he was engaged. <laughs> He's like, "All right, I'm ready. I'm a man again." Well, no, that's not why. Oh shit. He was only engaged because his mother pushed him to do it. She believed marriage would make her gay son straight. That sucks. Which we all know is not true. And so not only has he been abused by his mother, abandoned by his mother, now she can't even accept who he is. She she left him and she brought him back and she was like, "Mm." just ruined his life some more. Well, I mean, yeah, I I couldn't imagine... Not being accepted ever. Exactly. Or being asked to change. Yeah. Like, if you do this, then this will make you this person. Which, I mean, back then, maybe they didn't know, but we now know, like, that causes people to fucking kill themselves. Yeah. So... Or others. (laughs) The other two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not as common. Yeah, not, not, I'm just being in this circumstance. When in this circumstance, it. but I'm saying. In, yeah, very much not others. It doesn't drive people to kill other people. Yeah. A lot of times it puts them into depression. Yeah, very much. Because they're not accepted by their family. Yeah, I, I just meant on this specification. Sorry, that sounded pretty broad. But the same year he graduated, he enlisted in the Air Force. So he was like, I'm not marrying this broad. Peace out. <laughs> he served in the Vietnam War as an aerial gunner, accumulating Crazy. 700 hours of combat. So that means that as an aerial gunner, he's just raining fire down on the battlefield. Basically. No remorse or nothing. That's fucking crazy. This is weird, though. He actually risked his own life to save fellow airmen. So he cares about other people. He cared about other people. Yeah, his brothers, because he. Pro- that's probably the first place in his whole, the whole first time in his whole life that he's actually felt accepted it, as a group. Yeah, exactly. And he felt like that's why not risk and somebody. And he actually had a purpose. Yeah. Because before this, I mean, he was a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he, he didn't know what he was doing. He exactly. was just trying to grow up. But now he feels probably like appreciated. He has a purpose, a meaning to be alive. Mm-hmm. But something else happened here. So, he claims in his time there, he had sexual relations with both men and women. So, I'm thinking maybe because, you know, obviously his mom is telling him that there's something wrong with him. Yeah. When there's, I mean, whatever his sexual preference is, there's, that's not a, a problem that somebody has. That's just something that your parents have to accept. Yeah. But she doesn't accept. So, in his mind, he's probably like, even though his mom is... A piece of crap at the end of the day it's still his mom and he's trying to he's trying to do it for her right or trying to think like that my parent is telling me this so maybe this is the right way his mom's telling him no <laughs> but his body I think you got his to... body go ahead tell him yeah 
Um, you have to think too. <laughs> back then, they didn't have resources like we have resources now. Like there wasn't an online community that maybe he could reach out to. Yeah, he couldn't just go and instant message people to feel better, or to like talk to somebody in person because it wasn't as accepted. Yeah, there's no suicide chat hotline that he can call and and be like, I feel really bad or nothing. Yeah. Or even just a friend or somebody, because I feel like still back then there's like this stick like nowadays at least you know there's there's people you could reach out to online. There's more than likely your family is going to accept you, but if, yeah. there's always you know those few relatives. But at least you have somebody on your side. You could put it this way: it's a lot easier to come out as gay now than it was then. Yeah, but I'm just saying like this probably was also messing with him in his mind. Yeah, psychologically I guarantee that was that could have been the breaking point. Um he also admitted to raping two of his fellow sh- soldiers at gunpoint. So that's what I'm saying, something happened there. Um he said that in his time there it made him believe that human life is overvalued. So somebody who has that belief I mean, when they come back to normal life, what is that going to do for us? Yeah. Look at uh, Richard Ramirez's uncle He's and how that yeah. played such a big part in his life. Richard Ramirez wasn't in the war. He just knew somebody in the war and look how yeah. it impacted him. Yeah. He's a, what is it called? An angel of death? And not, I mean, or something like that where they basically, they look as though they're doing you a favor by they're making you not suffer through your own life. Yeah. Um. So he served three years before being honorably discharged in 1968. After this, he returned home to live with his mother and married his fiance, and then shortly after divorced her. He was like, all right, Mom, I guess I'll marry this broad while I'm living at your house. <laughs> okay. But obviously, he ain't about that life. Nope. Sorry, I had to drink water, water to get pause. ready for this next for these next parts. Okay, so the first offenses he's held accountable accountable for. Jeez. I didn't go too much into all of the murders and raping because honestly there's so many. Um if you go to Murderpedia, they have all the all of the victims and the ways that they died. So if you want to know about that, you can look it up. Individually, if you want to go look, yeah. I just think it was it's way too heavy to put everything on here, especially knowing how young these boys are. And we learned from our mistakes, because when I did that on one of our episodes, it, no one fucking cared to listen. So we yeah. did it. Sorry, that's too graphic. We'll try to do better by painting an interesting, not a fucking morbid picture okay so september 8th 1974 william encountered a 14 year old boy named david mcvicker and david is gonna actually be a pretty big part in this story so william offered to drive him home to his parents house and david accepted soon after david got into his vehicle william asked him if he was gay when william asked him to stop the i mean when david asked william to stop the car he pulled out a gun jeez he drove him to a deserted field, stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and then raped him. He then began to strangle David with his own t-shirt, which kind of becomes his, like, M.O. Like, he does, that's, like, 
his favorite way to kill people is to strangle them with their own t-shirts like while they have it on or like while they he takes it from them from what i understood is like he wraps it around them and pulls it tighter because he he make he rapes them so he strips some of their clothes. oh yeah so they don't have anything yeah that makes sense um, that's crazy What's weird is William became apologetic almost almost as soon as David started screaming and crying. He drove David home, and before he got out, William told him, we'll meet again. So David Fuck. obviously told his mother right away, and she contacted the Garden Grove police. Two days after the incident with David, William attempted to pay a 15-year-old boy for sex. He offered him $35. <laughs> He's like, hey, He's man. a low baller. I got $35 in my pocket in 1970. Um, when the boy refused, William... It, oh, when the boy refused, William tried to hit him with his car. <laughs> he, he was like, no, I need $75. And then William's like, I don't got $75. He was charged with rape. And forcible, forcible oral copulation of a minor. He was sentenced to serve between 1 and 15 years in 1975. He was released in 1978 with 18 months supervised probation. So they basically let him serve his sentence on probation. The rest of it probably for good behavior or something there. Uh-huh. He doesn't attack people that are uh, that are less powerful than him or that are more powerful than him. So he's probably like a little bitch in prison. Yeah. He, um, David actually testified against William. William, and I have a quote of what he said on the stand. Okay, so this is what David said. He had set the gun on on his left hand side but he already locked the door on the right so i couldn't get out without reaching around and grabbing the door so i knew that by the time that i did he could easily grab the gun and shoot me he started taking off his clothes and told me to take off mine he was he was raping me in the front seat of the car and he had a t-shirt around my neck with a tire iron through the sleeves oh so he does like he twists it. Oh, my And he God. was twisting it, trying to strangle me. They, so, I remember this episode that you're talking about. Yeah, they've done yeah. on him. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, sorry. That was really hard to read. Just That's just terrible. That's crazy, the ready availability that he has. Obviously, he brings it with him, but... Oh, yeah. He, um, he uses a van, and his van was, like, rigged up to... So people couldn't get out of it, basically. Yeah, it was the... Uh, he, like, removed the handles and stuff like that. The fucking creepy predator version of, like, the Ghostbusters mobile. It was, like, Literally, equipped. Yeah. That's what it kind of... Well, it kind of looks... It's a green van. Yeah, it's a Ford. That's yeah. what I saw. Okay, God so... God damn you, Ford. OJ and this guy. Oh, yeah. He drove a Bronco. A Bronco. Yeah. After being released, he moved to King Kingswood Village apartment complex in the southeast side of L.A. In the area, he grew a reputation with the teenage boys for throwing parties and providing them with alcohol. So who does that remind you of? That reminds me of Gacy. Yep. That's like what Gacy did. That's how he gained trust of boys. All the young boys are like, hey, yeah, let's go drink at that guy's house. The one that dressed like a clown. At this time, he was dating men and women, so he still... He just liked to go back and forth. 
Yeah, maybe he was bisexual. I mean, you, you don't, I don't ever know. So this is where he meets his accomplices. Like I said before, he had four accomplices. Okay. He had a neighbor named Vernon Butts. Vernon Butts. Who often <laughs> threw parties that William would attend. At these gatherings, he met uh, an 18-year-old named Gregory Miley. Um... Vernon was a part of the time he was oh, sorry I wrote there on Vernon was a part-time magician who was fascinated with the occult he later admitted he was scared of William but took great pleasure in watching him abuse and torture victims so he's just one of those weirdos that likes to sit there and watch yeah he can fucking choke and die Greg was illiterate and worked mundane jobs to support himself. And I believe he was from Texas. He sounds like Bobby from the original scary movie. Basically. He can't read. Uh, he actively... Well, Bobby from... Yeah, from scary movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one with the really I tiny dick. Yeah. <laughs> that's he, the, no, that's... Oh, that's not Bobby. Which one is it? Bobby is the one that's Cindy's boyfriend. Cindy. Um, you're hey, thinking of the the jock guy. I forgot his What's name. What's his name? He looks like a Bobby in real life, maybe. That's why. Maybe, yeah. Um, so, Greg, the illiterate one. His he, name's Greg. He, that's what it is. It is Greg. <laughs> oh that's God. crazy. That's crazy. His name's that's Greg. That's um, He actively participated in the murders. Okay. Uh, James Monroe was William's boss and his landlord, and he also participated in two murders. <laughs> Billy Pugh, which actually his name is William, but a lot of people called him Billy, I guess not to get confused with William, um, was the most active out of all the accomplices. Billy Pugh? Yeah. What a stupid name. <laughs> Don't say that. I have a friend that has the last name Pugh. Yeah, but is it Billy Pugh? No. Then th he's not a stupid name. Okay. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, William's victims were all young males from ages 12 to 19, but also I did see that some might have ranged into up to 22 years old. But from the articles I read, they said 12 to 19. 22 years old and weak and frail and vegan or something. No, this was California in a different time. Oh, okay. Um, they were hitchhikers, schoolboys, and male sex workers. So they were either forced into his van or enticed in some way. So if it was a male sex sex worker he probably offered them money or if it's just like a innocent young kid like the first victim that we talked about he probably just thought he was a nice guy and was trying to give him a ride yeah um so after they were in the van they were bond in some way so he used things from handcuffs to wires and cords um they were beaten raped tortured before being killed. Most of the killings were by strangulation, like we talked about earlier with the t-shirt yeah. and the crowbar. <sighs> this is ugly. Some were stabbed or battered to death, and one of the victims had like 80 stab wounds. So everyone was probably stabbing them. Either that... That takes a lot of fucking... I mean, yeah, yeah I exactly. just think that, that that's probably one of the accomplices that hopped on a little bit more. Yeah. Because that's a lot for one person. That's a Michael Myers type shit. Three of the victims had ice picks driven into their ears. Fuck. One was forced to drink hydrochloric acid. And one victim actually died of shock. 
So it wasn't just like murder. They were, or excuse me, it wasn't just that MO, like you were saying, but he used that way to kill him. But a lot of the times, I bet you, whoever else intervened, those different ways of death are all there specific like specific wants like exactly that's terrible and we'll never know like everything that happened i know that um i glanced through some of the murders i didn't read every single one because it was like starting to make my stomach hurt because it and a lot of them they have the pictures next to them yeah next so you to see the, the description person. yeah and not cool no it was just too much for me. Yeah, fuck you, Billy Pew. You drink acid, you fucking dick. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that makes me feel a little better. So after, I mean, and it's just so sad because, like, especially thinking of the guy who died of shock. Like, imagine what he was going through. He was that scared. That Conscious, too. Exactly. The bodies were then dumped alongside freeways in Southern California. So they would just dump them off on That's the side That's why of the his road. name was the same. Yeah. There's 80 fucking freeways all in SoCal. There's so many different freeways if you live in the LA or you are like OC. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You remember how, how hard it is to fucking find your way around? Unless you got a map or some shit. So he did all of these killings in that van. And, you know, like we said earlier, he rigged the van to prevent victims from escaping. And he always kept, like, knives and household tools to keep them restrained and for his torturing. Wow. So he drove around with that. He just had this fucking van full of evil. He was like the opposite of an ice cream man. Exactly. That's terrible. <laughs> Um, they have, that's what I think they have. They drive, nah, 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 drive with delicious ice creams. So this is another encounter from one of the victims that escaped. I, I didn't get his name cause the article I read, it just had the encounters written out. And the shit. quote. Yeah. Yeah. It says, I told him that I didn't need to go any further and the car drifted to the side of a busy freeway and stopped suddenly without a word. He took out a piece of cord, lunged across, and wrapped it around my neck. I thought, this is it. I'm dead. This victim escaped after he kicked William in the groin and ran out of the car. Flagged <laughs> down a police cruiser, and William sped away. So he got Crazy. away. Crazy. He just fucking ran up and kicked that dude right in the nuts. Good. I, I have... No, that's awesome. You fucking Charlie Browned him. <laughs> but... I have. A, I really wanted to use a soundbite, but I didn't. What soundbite? Go ahead. Finish him. <laughs> he should have. Yeah. I mean, how many times when we talked about Richard Ramirez did we wish? I mean, it got close to happening so many yeah. times. That's yeah. why he really believed the devil was, was like, on his side, protecting him. Yep. Okay, so William's body count continued to rise until William Pugh, well Billy Pugh. Was found by the police and questioned. He confessed, but alleging he only witnessed murders. Lying ass motherfucker. So this actually placed William under surveillance. After only nine days of surveillance, on sur <laughs> all right. After only nine days of surveillance on June eleventh, nineteen eighty, Bonin set out to find another victim or victims. He stopped to talk to five young men along the way. So this is what creeps me out. He's so he does this off obviously like often. Yeah. Imagine being one of those boys and finding out like after seeing his mugshot that that's the the reason this guy was talking to you. Yeah. 
you down the line you find out that this guy the one that what the fuck was that that was another criminal minds obviously but just to see it stick out that's well, what happened to Ramirez too basically he was in the paper and they showed his fucking mugshot well no I'm not saying that happened I'm but, saying yeah I'm, after the fact I get what you mean I'm sorry I fucked it up um so the fifth young man accepted the ride and this is what I thought was weird. So, obviously, I mean, it's not weird. I'm not a cop, so I don't know how things work. But supposedly, like, they snuck up on him and they caught him in the act. So, but my thing is, like, they knew where he was going. and what he, I guess they had to wait, right? Because they couldn't really, they couldn't really, like, arrest him without him doing something maybe they just need they wanted to catch him in the act so they can basically just fucking lay the hammer on the motherfucker yeah it just sucks for you this, have some yeah for this kid that had to you know i, I mean, mean he was raped but i guarantee when they say caught him in the act it's i mean hopefully it was the very beginning that's all they really need well when they walked up to the van, the cops said that they heard muffled screams and they can like see the van like there's a like sign of struggle in the yeah. van. So hopefully it was in the beginning. Um, so he was when they caught him, he was sodomizing the 15 year old victim. He was handcuffed and bound. The victim was in his van, and they found white nylon cords, several of them, a bunch of knives. And an actual scrapbook that he made with newspaper clippings of the freeway killer. Fuck. So he... He's just keeping... He's keeping trophies. His weird ass made his own fucking scrapbook. Imagine how (laughs) creepy that is. Like being a fly on the wall and this guy is making a scrapbook out of (coughs) newspaper clippings of people that he murdered. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. He basically... Yeah. He, He just wants something to remember it by. That's crazy. Inside the van, was it was also stained with blood. Like, a lot of blood. So. It doesn't even clean or anything. I feel like he kind of had a God complex and didn't think he was going to be caught. Because in some of the articles I read, they were talking about how he was like, after he got out of prison the first time, he was like, I'm never going back. Like, I'll never get caught again. And even his accomplices would, like, kind of feed his ego and tell him, like, no, you're not going to get caught. And they would help him get rid of the bodies or find victims. Um, they would assist him. They Yeah, they assisted him in this. They was his, his murder assistants. Those fucking Billy Pugh, you bitch. <laughs> William, That's the only one I remember. William initially denied the murders. But eventually confessed after reading a letter from one of the victim's mothers. So I don't know if maybe he felt remorse because they said that he never showed any. Uh, He didn't feel remorse. He just wanted to brag. Maybe. Yeah, actually, that's like the the darkest way to think of it, but it could be. Yeah, I mean, if, if if the mother just asked for it, he could be like, well, now I can talk about this. He's probably mad that they didn't get his number right, too. Well, he confessed confessed to killing and raping 21 men and young men and boys he did express feeling embarrassed and regret over being caught but never to any feelings of remorse he actually told one reporter i'd still be killing i couldn't stop killing it got easier with each one i did he was perfecting it he was just pure evil um that's what happens when you're stripped of your 
of your goodness at Humanity, such a young basically. age. Yeah. He has no connection or tether to the, the real world. Um, yeah, that's, it's crazy. It's literally, he's a monster. He, these people created a monster. He was linked to many of the murders through blood and semen. The alleged number of victims fall between 14 to 44, but he was charged with 12. He went to trial November 4th, 1981, and was sentenced to death, making him the first person in California to die by lethal injection. Crazy. They just shot that shit right up in his veins. What were we watching when they were talking about how, how it happens? Was it power? No, I think it was... Um, uh, what's that one where they get into the minds of serial killers? Oh. I remember. Mindhunter. Mindhunter. I think it's Mindhunter. Yeah. I'm not sure, though. Let us know. Don't quote know. us. Okay, so this is the fall of the accomplices. Good. And like I was saying, this is kind of just a condensed version. This story gets so deep. There's, uh, If you go onto um, Murderpedia and even in the Wikipedia, it goes like step by step what happened but if we were to put all that in this podcast it would we would be here forever and on top of that i guarantee you don't want to hear all that shit yeah no it's just too much dark it's too too dark it's too dark so vernon butts was arrested on july 25th 1980 charged with three murders three counts of murder as well as kidnapping robbery sodomy and sex perversion he committed suicide by hanging himself with a white towel awaiting trial. What a bitch. Yeah. He allegedly, he tried to kill himself four other times and he finally was successful. He's not time. even, he's, he can kill everyone else, but he can't kill his bitch ass self. Exactly. Doesn't make up for it that you had a hard life. We get it. But I mean, there's a lot of people that have a hard lives and they fucking pull up by their bootstraps and do what they got to do. They come out of it. Yeah. Um, James Monroe. He was arrested July 31st in 1980 and was charged with murder. Hell yeah. Sentenced to 15 years to life for second degree murder. He was eligible for parole in 2000, but was denied because of the victim's parents. <laughs> they were like, psych. Hey, guess what, bitch? You, you're not coming out. Good. Yeah, exactly. He is still currently serving time in Mule Creek Prison. So, Where's that at? I have no idea. I've never even heard of that. Billy Pugh. This one was... This dastardly motherfucker. Don't get excited for this one. So he was arrested assisting William in murder of Todd Turner. That one kid? By bludgeoning and beating him. He was sentenced to six years for voluntary manslaughter, but he was released after four. So he got out. He got out. Gregory, Gregory is he out currently or is he dead he, uh, I couldn't find out I think he's just out he's old as shit Gregory Miley you, buddy. <laughs> arrested on August 22nd 1980 he was charged um, with Miranda and Macabre's murders so I think those are the last names of the victims um, as well as two counts of robbery and one count of sodomy. Sentenced to 25 years to life. <laughs> he was beaten to death while incarcerated at the California Substance Abuse Treatment Facility in 2016. Where is that? I don't know. Good. I'm glad you got beat to death. 
Yeah. Just like every other trauma that deserves to get beat to death in, in prison. Um, so William's last words before he died. And I, I had read like his last meal and I was going to put it in here, but then I was like, I don't really give a fuck. But if you want to know, his last meal were two large pepperoni pizzas. From where though? I don't know. He just got them from some prison pizza. They're yeah. like, psych. He's like, he's like, I just want two large. It's got those little shitty pepperonis. Remember when we were, when we were poor, we had those little ones that they're like squares. Yeah. Oh man. Those sucked. Um, you know what pizzas I liked though when we were younger, did you guys ever have like those breakfast pizzas for school? At school, I think yeah, so. Like yeah, sauce. those were that's like the only food I ever liked at school. When I was real little, I used to get happy because they had a like turkey day. Do you know what that is? Did yeah. you remember? Do you have turkey day? All right, so turkey day was it kind of like Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah, we had those. It was I, every Thursday. I still remember. I'm <laughs> fucking 29 years old, and I used to get so happy for turkey day at Caseburg. I don't remember what day we did it. I think. <laughs> But I remember because I liked the sweet potato pie. They would give us sweet potato pie. I, w- I wouldn't try that shit, but I fucking love turkey. I believe it. Yeah, I was so picky when I was little. I, I like had just tomato and bread sandwiches with salt like until I was eight. Fancy. And I don't know why I was fiat, but I was. Okay. I'm sorry. Let's get back on. Oh, I had tortillas and butter. Sorry. That's the reason. Everybody had tortillas and butter growing up. That's why we were all chubby little... Mexican kids. Every all those little Mexican kids you see, they have a, they are real plump fingers. You're just like, oh man, your mom needs to stop Chancho. giving you. Your mom needs to stop giving you so many tortillas and cinnamon and butter. I still eat tortillas. That's fire though. I will fucking eat that right now. Thank God I got a real metabolism. Um, okay. So these were his last words. That I feel this is what he says. That I feel the death penalty is not an answer to the problem at hand. That. It sent that I feel it sends the wrong message to the youth of the country. Young people act as they see other people acting instead of as people tell them to act. And I would suggest when a person has a thought of doing anything serious against the law that before they did that they should go to a quiet place and think about it seriously. What a bitch. Exactly. That's fake as funk. Yeah. On top of the fact, how, why did you word it like that, Yoda? Yeah, that was hard. Okay. As a, that I feel. I that feel. I feel. Who talks? You need to get over yourself. Talk about yourself in third person. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Uh, I mean, that's not really third person, but. Yeah, just in a fucking dickish way. Um, like so, the king's English. Yeah. <laughs> so like I was saying how David plays a part in this. So David was the young man who was raped and then um, went on trial against him. So David's back. David um, personally witnessed William's execution. Fuck yeah. That made me feel good. In the years after the execution, David actively campaigned to ensure two li- the two living accomplices were never set free. David stated that the reason he was inspired to campaign was to ensure Gregory and James were never released. Were Wait, what? Oh, he's saying that the reason that he started this campaign was uh-huh. because one of the victim's mothers had spoken to him after he testified at the first trial. Yeah. 
and she told him, you've got to speak for my kid. So even though, because David, after this rape, obviously it really affected him. He ended up dropping out of school and he had constant nightmares, but then he decided to fight and that's why he decided to campaign was because this lady told him that he has to speak for her, her kid and he did. Fucking spirit bombed him. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of like a positive way to end it. I mean, at least these guys got what they deserve. Most of it. Most of them. I mean, Pew supposedly witnessed, which still I think is just as bad if you're Bullshit. if you're witnessing somebody, you know, getting murdered and you're going along with him. This is your friend. Like you're a piece of shit. And yeah, you're riding with him in his front seat. Stop lying. Karma will get you eventually. But um, I'm happy that this victim decided to come out and in his way fight back and he got to see him die he fucking dodged everything i have the perfect examination i have the perfect submission don't. damn it i don't want to hear dragon ball z thing right now all right well i'm just saying that would be the perfect time for him just <laughs> dodging that shit and fucking laying the hammer he's like nah you ain't coming out of here you're um, staying there forever but yeah, so that was really tough to do, to read about and stuff last night. Hopefully you guys, I mean, I don't think you like this story, but it's interesting. Yeah, it'll give you a little bit of knowledge and you could see and you can read into other things and it'll just, we just want to be the spark. Um, some things you can take away from this is to never get into somebody's van. Don't get in someone's van. Don't, if they say they have candy, say, I'm good, bro. I can buy candy from any grocery store. You fuck. Why would I want your candy? I can buy my own candy, bitch. Run. If you, I mean, I'd run after that. Yes. Take a look. All right. So that that's pretty much sums it up. What do you think? Any I think last that, thoughts before we sign off. Nothing. I I think that's fucking that. I mean, you feel bad for them originally, just like they do. They do that in every story. You see it from an origin standpoint, but at the same time, it doesn't change any of the things that he did as an adult. No, I mean, the way I think about it, we obviously change as people as we get older. Yeah. Who he was when he was little is not who he was the day that he died. So for that little boy that went through that abuse, I do sympathize for him. But for the man, he became not at all. As a result, he's a piece of shit. And he was, I mean, some of these boys were over 18, but at the end of the day, he was a pedophile. Yeah, he was still fucking beating them and doing all the shit. doesn't make it any... No. It's irrelevant at that point. He's just being a fucking completely evil piece of shit. Yeah, and it's not even a thing. Like, it's one thing to... I mean, it's not any better to kill anybody. But the fact that he preyed on, you know, innocence... It's just terrible. And, and it, only ones weaker than him, too. Exactly. It just kind of so. shows. It just goes to show what kind of terrible monster he was. And, you know, my heart goes out to all his victims and the victims' families. There was, like, one that this little boy was, like, on his way to Disney. And he snatched him up. And then they found him, like, just thrown on the highway. That sucks. Crazy. But. <laughs> Imagine that. Now, go watch some, I don't know, what's something funny? Go watch some Bob's Burgers. Watch Dave. Oh, that show's fucking hilarious. Okay, Dave 
is funny the first few episodes, but then they get you. Yeah, that, it's that's pretty what is, dramatic. Yeah, it is definitely dramatic, but that's what makes it a good show. We like power because of the drama originally. That first episode, not going to ruin it. If you haven't seen it by now, this is your fault. When Ghost walks up and just shoots the guy in the head, and you're like, oh, shit, that's what this is going to be it's about. Intense. That's what it sets. It sets like that high point. They do the exact same thing on that. On Dave? Uh-huh. Yeah, in a different way. They make way. you fall in love originally, and then they they like, oh, all these characters are relative. I like how they interact with each other. And then they teach you about each one. Yeah, you get hooked. Yeah. It's good. It's, and but it's yeah. like real Anyways, emotional. Go, go watch something funny. That was the point of what I was saying. Go watch something funny. Oh, yeah, not to, to plug it... Dave. Sorry. I'm sorry. All right, go ahead and take us out. I didn't mean to. I apologize. It's <laughs> are you gonna take us out or just stare at me i just feel bad okay thank you guys for listening um as always send us any you know listener stories i always give this spill at something isn't right podcast at gmail.com and then follow our social media it's the same our facebook page our instagram and i also post um relative content on my tiktok for the podcast and my handles at dnb92 she's got some cool tiktoks on there she's got some good little factorials that was the last one that you made it was for this one yeah it's about william bonin it's about to drop it's about to drop we're gonna drop the podcast right now thanks guys have a good night all right guys we'll wrap it on up don't forget like she said all the social media we're actually trying to release the website I'm really slow. I'm trying my best. I'm doing my best for you guys, but we're going to release it for you here soon. So you'll have some place where you can connect with us there outside of uh, evil Facebook. So thank you again for listening to the something isn't right podcast.